Inflation reached a 41-year high, while the consumer sentiment index is sinking to unprecedented low. Stock dropped, Fed rate will hike, and the gas price up by 49%. What's the cause? Senator Josh Hawley revealed that deeply shocking whistleblower information about the DHS Disinformation Board and the Big Tech. This is a Big Tech Administration Alliance to track speech. And the information we've now learned about the administration's efforts to track and censor American speech is deeply shocking. Welcome to Wayne Cathy Show. I'm your host, Wei Fang. I'm Cathy Zhang. Yeah, what you just saw is the, the feature story of today, which has to do with the disinformation board or the, how to say, the, the truth board, uh, truth minister that we talked to you about before. But before we move into that, that topic, let's first talk about something. Actually, this is from Labor Department, but it's something that you really know. You live this by this every day, okay? Right. So inflation, Labor Department today released the main data on the inflation. Okay, we feel it, we saw it, it's around us. It, but the, the data showed that the price increases unexpectedly, unexpectedly accelerated last month, okay? With consumer price rising 8.6 year over year in that month. This is the most since 1981. And the consumer sentiment data released today, this morning, came in at a record low as inflation weighs on American households. And uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics May Consumer Price Index showed a year-over-year -year increase of 88.6% last month, up from 8.3% in April. Yeah, and then on a month-over-month -month basis, okay, the, the broadest measure of the inflation climbed 1.0% compared to 0.3% in April, okay? So as you can see, the inflation not only has not uh, coming down or become mild, it's accelerating. And the gas leads the price hike. Nationwide, gas prices went up as high as 49% compared to 12 months ago. How about the food? The food index rose 10.1% over the prior year, and the, which is the largest jump since March 1981. The increases were nearly ubiquitous. Yeah, ubiquitous. And, uh, you know, just uh, no place to hide. The, high, the, the, the highest uh, hiking price has to do with shelter, rent, basically rent, and the gasoline and the food, okay? And the, the only price, price spot, which is also very, very dark, is the price of the airline, airline fare, okay? It, um, it rose 12.6% in May. But why do I say it's bright? Because it's a slight moderation from April's 18.6% increase. Wow. It's so scary, you yeah. know? So um, now the next, next piece of bad news has to do with consumer sentiment. The first is inflation. The second is the consumer sentiment. Why is this important? Very simple, because consumer spending represents 70% of the entire U.S. economy. And the consumer sentiment is measured by a few indexes. One of them is the consumer's sentiment index surveyed by the University of Chicago, uh, Michigan. 
every month. They just released the number right after the Labor Department's inflation number. So according to that, CSI jump, uh, slumped to 50.2, which is the worst level on record in early June. This is unprecedented since the index was tracked in mid-70s. So to put things into in, in context, this came this is came down from fifty eight point four percent in just last month, okay. But then put things further into perspective, in twenty nineteen, the last year before the COVID pandemic hit the country, this index averaged around ninety six percent. Wow. Now so, it's a fifty. Yeah, at 50 least like a forty percent drop. More than forty percent yeah. drop. Yeah. So and the, what's the responses? The consensus is that the Federal Reserve may have to raise interest rate and faster and to get the inflation under control. However, that could trigger an economic slump, taking the market down with it. And there's a different uh, expert's opinion. So I picked this guy, and uh, his name is Phil Orlando. I think his uh, suggestion is fair, and I would like my viewers to know that. He's the chief equity strategist for Federated uh, Hermes. It's an asset management firm, okay? So he said today in the interview that he expects the market to decline further, perhaps 10% lower than the current level over the summer. He also expects to see more losses in the bond market, and he's emphasizing that holding cash, which has, hasn't been this attractive relative to stocks and bonds for more than 20 years. So, Kathy, think about it. Cash is depreciating every day. Yeah. Now, and he, and this, this gentleman think that holding cash is the best option now. Wow. Compared to st holding stock and holding bonds. So, basically, the, uh, the, the core advice that uh, is the, from, from financial experts is this. Save more than you think you will need. Just don't try not to spend. Conserve your cash. And now another major news today is the drop in the stock market, and S&P 500 dropped by 2.9%, closing out this ninth losing week in the last 10 weeks. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 734 points, or 2.3%. NASDAQ Composite was 3.2% lower. Yeah, and let's take a look at the gas price hike. So how did it come from? And um, so... You know, according to the Biden administration, it has, you know, it has to do with the Ukraine war. Uh, but, you know, just take a look. According to the gas buddy, the uh, gas price already averaging over $5 per gallon today. And the more than double since the, uh, you know, the President Trump's era, okay, when he left office. And um, so nationwide, the average is $5. In more than 20 states, I counted today, 22 states over the country uh, have average price ga uh, gas price over $5. The highest, of course, is in California, which is uh, $6.42. Then followed by Nevada, $5.61. Illinois, $5.58. So... Yeah, and, it's, and it's a survey uh, by uh, called the Convention of States Action and uh, uh, Trafalgar Group just released their their number today. Today, and they what what they conclude is most voters believe the Biden administration is allowing gas prices to rise to force Americans to use less fossil fuel. Do you believe so? Okay, the survey question is this: 
Uh, do you believe that the Biden administration intentionally letting uh, gas prices rise to make Americans use less fossil fuels? 53% of the respondents said yes. Okay, and then among those people who said yes, 77% are Republicans, 57% are independent, and only 31% are Democrat. Mm, so just wonder how our viewers feel about that. Yeah, what do you think? If I you, just, yeah, yeah, ask this, do you, uh, ask this yeah, question. Yeah, do you believe this is quite, uh, you know, pretty sharp uh, you know, acquisition, right? And, uh, but do you feel so? You know, with our country, we have so much oil reserve, we've got the best technology, and we've been a net exporter, now we have to, you know, import. And uh, you know, today we just check, you know, with, with Kathy and I flying to East Coast, you know, average, you know, one way, Flight tickets like seven hundred thirty nine dollars, something like that. Unbelievable! It was like a, like two to three hundred yeah. just a few months ago. Yeah, it's the you know, uh, two way won't be like that high. So, and uh, Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri criticized President Biden for causing the gas price hike, and he said, uh, "quote He immediately re-entered the Paris Climate Accord." He canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He halted leasing program in uh, ANWR. He issued a 60-day halt on all new oil and gas leases and the drilling permits on federal lands and water. That's nationwide. And he continued, uh, quote, uh, meaning President Biden directed the federal agencies to eliminate all supports for fossil fuels. He imposed new regulations on oil and the gas and the, um, methane emissions. Those were all just in the first few days. Are you telling me that had no effect on our energy supply? End quote. Yeah, that was uh, at a Senate hearing. Okay, so the situation is like this. Okay, um, the Fed apparently tried to tame the inflation. What they do is they they try to you know hike the rate, which will cool off or even, you know, stop the economy from expanding. But in the meantime, the inflation will not easily come down because the energy prices keep rising up. And then <clears throat> this country, the Biden administration, is not opening up our, you know, gas, pump, gas pumps and then to pump as much oil as possible. This is our advantage, but we're not using that. And the people went as far as suspecting that uh, that's intentional. Um, so basically, Fed is trying to lower the inflation, and the, the energy policy is hiking the inflation. So we are just fighting with ourselves. It's not a, it's not a, you know, it's a no-win situation. So, yeah, I'm sorry to, you know, report all this news that it's bad, bad news. <clears throat> and actually, we don't even have to report it because you feel it, you live it, right? You know this by yourself. It's only, you know, verified, validated by the numbers from the Labor Department or from the University of Michigan. This is where we are, <clears throat> and. Um, yeah, I, I remember I heard from Professor Paul Skousen from the Utah, Utah University, and uh, basically told me, yeah, things will get worse before it get better. So we're probably in that, in that phase. So what do you think? Do you believe the you know, gas price hikes because the intentional policy of forcing people off fuel, um, you know, the, the fossil fuel? Do you believe so or do you not? Can you just answer there? You say, I believe so or I don't. Uh, I do want to have a little survey with our audience here and uh, give ourselves a little bit better visibility. Mm -hmm. uh, and, so what uh, people think? And Alexandra, you said the gas is uh, 1.9 USD in Russia. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just uh, incredible, incredible. How much has changed in one, two short years, right? And Jeff, you said, Biden said we need to help people in need and allow 
illegals into America and give them hands out, handouts. What about the Americans that are struggling and cannot afford to pay their bills or buy food and gas? Yeah, very fair well, question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Larry said that we just might need to stop paying taxes. We just can't afford it. Hmm. Yeah. So, what do you think? Do you agree that I mean the policy is is the policy intentional? I I think uh, back then. Oh, what? let's see. Uh, Louis said that we use forty percent of our uh, corn. corn for ethanol. Ethanol. Do you realize what is uh, uh, addicted increase will do? It's very intentional. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, well, James, you said Americans do not count. Okay. So, yeah. So we all know where we are. This is the time that uh, we really need to reflect and uh, think about um, where this country is heading to, and uh, what we should do as an individual, as a patriot, and as a citizen. All right. So let's move on to the next topic. Yeah, and、uh, talking about that, <coughs> there are still, you know, patriots. They are trying to do what they can. A whistleblower exposed shocking information about the disinformation governance board and how the Department of、uh, Homeland Security attempted to collaborate with big tech to censor American speech. So that's、uh, revealed. By again, Senator Josh Hawley at a, a Judiciary Committee hearing just recently. So, and as we know, Josh Hawley is the top-ranking Republican senator, and along with、uh, Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa, they sent a letter on Wednesday, June 8th, demanding an answer from the Department of、uh, Hum- Homeland Security. About the disinformation governance board's plan to work with the social media platforms to censor contents, in, as shown in the DHS official records.、Um, according to Josh Hawley, a whistleblower provided documents related to DHS、uh, disinformation governance board to him and、uh, Senator Grassley, which he deemed deeply shocking. Senator Grassley and I have now made public the testimony that Secretary Mayorkas gave to this committee. Under oath, I might add, was in many respects deeply misleading. Deeply misleading, and the information we've now learned about the administration's efforts to track and censor American speech is deeply shocking. So what? Senator Hawley was referring to is in the previous hearing he asked specifically to、uh, the Secretary、uh, Alejandro Mayorkas、uh, whether there is any document, meeting minutes, and any sort of、uh, documents related to the Disinformation Governance Board, and、uh, Secretary Mayorkas replied there weren't any because the board has not started to work. Let's take a lesson. Well, let me ask you about this. I'm sure there are documents pertaining to this board, minutes of meetings, communications about who would serve on the board. Will you release those to this committee,、um, uh, Senator? There are not、uh, yet this this governance board. Wait a minute. There are no me. There are no minutes of meetings about this board. It is not yet. You've not、uh, created any records. It has not yet begun its work. 
Okay, that actually went back and mm, forth. That was back then, right? Yeah, <coughs> and the, the conversation went back and forth just about about this question. So it's very firm. He said there isn't any mm -hmm. information about this uh, board. However, according to the documents provided by this uh, whistleblower, the work to establish this board actually started last year. And the scope of the work had been disturbingly expanded, according to the documents. A memorandum dated September 13th, 2021. The Undersecretary of DHS writes to the Secretary, to Mayorkas, about the need for the disinformation board. And here's the interesting thing. They explicitly cite domestic violent extremism as a reason to stand up the censorship board, but it quickly goes far beyond that. In the same paragraph, they talk about the need for this disinformation board to monitor and to counter so-called disinformation about the COVID vaccine, about people who are raising questions about the efficacy of masks, about people who are raising questions about the origins of COVID. So in other words, the Department of Homeland Security is contemplating a disinformation board that will track the speech of Americans and classify it as disinformation if you raise a question about the COVID vaccine, about the origins of COVID, about the efficacy of masks, which by the way, this administration has reversed itself on numerous times. The documents go on. The disinformation board is necessary, this memorandum says, because of those who question election integrity, because of those who have questions about January 6th. So now we get to the nub of it. We see that, in fact, this disinformation board from the beginning was meant to track and go after political speech that this administration did not favor. And for an executive department to do that, and frankly, to mislead this committee about it, is deeply, deeply disturbing. And it's wrong. I mean, it's just plain wrong. And Holly also questioned what Secretary Mayorkas testified about this uh, disinformation board's work of being only a working group. However, the DHS documents revealed it's not the case. There is a charter, a proposed charter, that the secretary himself signed personally on February 24th, 2022, that describes the disinformation board as having the authority to set up guidelines. It has governance authority over how the department will classify what is disinformation, over what the response to disinformation should be, over who is doing what in terms of countering, so countering disinformation, which remember includes questions about COVID or questions about election integrity or questions about masks. The idea that this is just a working group is frankly completely contradicted by the documents that the whistleblower turned over to us and that the secretary himself signed. And can I just say again, for the secretary to sit in that chair and tell me that he wasn't really aware of any documents related to the disinformation board when he has personally signed charters, when he has personally reviewed memoranda dating back months is misleading at best. And the documents also revealed that uh, there were planned coordination between the DHS board with the big tech. There are meeting notes here 
proposed plans of actions for members of the disinformation board, members of the administration to meet with big tech executives to discuss sharing information about disinformation and tracking analytics of American citizens who are using the big tech's the big tech companies' platforms and engaging in so-called misinformation. This is a big tech administration alliance to track speech. Holly said he actually asked Melgus if the DHS had any contact with the big tech in regards to the board, and the answer was, quote, I'm not aware of any. Holly sent a follow-up letter to Melgus just you know to clarify this question so far holly said he has not received an official response however he found among the documents that the whistleblower provided to him there was a page with a draft response to his letter and uh, in this letter what it was you know responding and what the letter was saying their draft responses are here in the whistleblower documents, and they continue the misleading half-truths. They continue in those documents to characterize this as a working group, false. They say, I say, has the DHS conferred with any private social media company in the operation of this board? They repeat the idea that the, that the board is merely an internal working group, and then they say the creation of the board, the creation of the board was not discussed with any external entities. That's because we now know that they were discussing the operation of the board with big tech companies. They were seeking to partner and get analytics on law-abiding Americans. And uh, we now know that the board head uh, appointed by the DHS, Nina Jankowicz, she had to resign, right? Um, but um, right, you know, right now it's not really clear if Jankowicz or any other DHS officials had met with the social media company and as it was planned. So Holly and uh, Grassley obtained uh, this uh, draft note uh, on April 28th, 2022, briefing with Twitter executives. And the whistleblower told the senators that uh, Jokowitz may have been hired due to her close ties to Twitter executives. So in a previous hearing, Senator Holly questioned Mayokas how the head of the board, Nina Jankowitz, was selected because he just he and his team just found uh, so many disturbing words, which he said that's all the disinformation that Jankowitz had been saying along the years. Let's have a look at the person whom you've selected to head this new disinformation policing effort, and let's look at what she has been spreading online. She has, for starters, consistently misinformed the public about the Hunter Biden laptop story and spread the lie that it was Russian propaganda. Here she is on October the 14th saying, disinformation experts say there are multiple red flags that raise doubts about their authenticity, meaning the emails, including questions about whether the laptop actually belongs to Hunter Biden. Of course, as it turns out, that's totally false. This laptop has been authenticated both by government entities and by independent news organizations. She went on, here she is again, the same interview saying that we should view it, meaning the laptop and apparently the whole story as a Trump campaign product. That is also a lie. 
which you know, as you know, it's not a Trump campaign product. It never was a Trump campaign product. But she didn't stop there. Here she is on October the 22nd uh, on, in 2020, this time taking to social media, saying that Biden notes 50 former NATSEC officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is a Russian influence op. Laundering here, using government, former government officials to launder the lie that this was in fact a Russian influence op, which of course is not true at all. Here she is also on October the 22nd, still on social media, this time saying the emails don't need to be altered to be part of an influence campaign. Of course, they weren't altered. Voters deserve that context, not a fairy tale about a laptop repair shop. Of course, we know the only person in all of this telling a fairy tale is Ms. Jankowitz on social media repeatedly for days and days on end. How about a different set of examples? She has consistently spread false and misleading claims about the Steele dossier, which we now know was actually itself a piece of Russian propaganda. Here she is on December the 8th, 2017, responding, by the way, to United States Senator. She's responding to Lindsey Graham. She says to him, your party funded the dossier first. The FBI was investigating Trump since the summer, but didn't make it public. The American public deserved to know. This is false. The people who funded the dossier were the Clinton campaign, which we now know. This has been verified. This is outright falsehoods. But she didn't stop there. Here she is on August the 7th, 2020, promoting Christopher Steele, the stooge who helped launder Russian propaganda, including lying to the FBI about it. Here she is lauding him as a trustworthy and legitimate source. Classic disinformation. She says she listened to this last night. Chris Steele, yes, that Chris Steele, providing great historical context about the evolution of disinformation. At every turn, Mr. Secretary, she has used social media and the public to launder propaganda herself. She's also advocated for law enforcement to be involved in policing speech online. Here she is in an NPR interview this year, just a few weeks ago, April 16, 2022. This is Ms. Jankowitz, and I quote, I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms. We need platforms to do more, and we frankly need law enforcement and our legislatures to do more as well. And then she goes on to praise legislation in other countries that involves policing speech. Or here she is on February 17th of 2021 saying that the free speech versus censorship dichotomy is false and calling herself in a TikTok video the Mary Poppins of disinformation where she sings that members of Congress shouldn't be permitted to spread misinformation on the floor and otherwise taking to task those who propagate views she disagrees with. Here's my question to you. If your intent was to combat misinformation online or in the government, why on God's green earth would you nominate someone who is a human geyser of misinformation? So that's Josh Hawley's question. And guess how Mayokas answered. And he started with like, oh, I'm totally responsible for uh, this recruitment, this hiring and really not trying to answer the question. So I'm not you know, going to play here. If you are interested, I will provide a link of this whole segment of the hearing. Was it a lengthy answer? 
it's not lengthy answer, but he was just uh, not really answering the question. So Josh Hawley pressed on, you know, just trying to ask him to, like, mm. why, you know, on the earth you wanted to hire her. He didn't really provide a sensible answer. Mm -hmm. So um, eventually, Josh Hawley just urged this committee, the Judiciary Committee of the Senate, a follow-up hearing about Tamayoka's testify uh, about this board because he said there's so much, um, you know, disinformation there, right? So let's take a listen. This is startling information. This committee needs to hold a hearing to follow up on the testimony that the secretary gave on the inconsistencies that we now find in these documents. And on, frankly, this administration's concerted efforts to mislead the American public about its own attempts to track and censor and, frankly, punish American speech, which is deeply antithetical to the First Amendment, deeply antithetical to our constitutional principles, and deeply wrong. So Josh Hawley and uh, Chuck Grassley, they together sent a letter to Secretary Mayorkas. And in the letter, they are saying the Senate Judiciary Committee members are concerned that the DHS could be seeking an active role in coordinating the censorship of viewpoints that it determines according to an unknown standard to be misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation by enlisting the help of social media companies and big tech. And um, the senator said that the First Amendment of Constitution was designed precisely so that the government could not censor op opposing viewpoints, even if those viewpoints were false. DHS should not in any way way seeking to enlist the private sector to curb or silence opposing viewpoints. And they concluded the letter by asking Mayorkas to provide more information about the disinformation governance board. So, yeah, and uh, so how do you feel about this? You know, it's just, um, although right now, the because of all the criticism, the pressure, this board is on hold right now, but uh, you know, the effort of trying to censor American speech is just, um, you know, just so scary, right? Yeah, I think this is the <clears throat> almost like the worst of, of people's uh, original thought. People are thinking that maybe they just overstep a little bit. They don't mm -hmm. mean to really, you know, censor Americans' uh, speeches. And then it seems that they indeed they intended to do that. Yeah, they have plans. Yeah, yeah just because of the strong resistance from the public <clears throat> and also from the Senate and uh, yeah, from the House, then it was stopped. They back out of it, which is you know good. It still show the strength of this country. Okay, yes. to safeguard our freedom of speech, our First Amendment amendment is still standing strong, and then this is at least their their intentional and uh, attempt, and uh, and it failed. So yeah, what do you think? We don't know what you know what happened behind the scene and uh, who was actively behind it to bring to its uh, how to say that the, 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 the abortion, the abortion of this uh, this um, disinformation governance board in Soviet Union is called the, or the, in the 1984 it's called the Truth Ministry, right? Yeah. So actually, in you know at least in, among the Chinese community, they are calling this disinformation governance board as the truth ministry. Ministry. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, in China, 
you know, we experienced that since day yeah. one. So, I, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, I think the country came close to a, a cliff and now, you know, just move away from that, which is fortunate. And I think it's only take people's vigilance, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know... And, and vigilance and the courage. Yeah, and the courage to, to really stand in its way and saying that, no, we won't let you pass, and they back off. Well, let's see what, what's, your, what's your thought. And, yeah. Larry uh, said the commies are out of the box and they can't hide them anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the people just have to call it out as it is. Serena said that 1984 is basically a direct English language ripoff of a Soviet book called... Yeah. You know, it's pretty, so amazing, right? That if we just recall George Orwell, and he wrote the book of the an, an animal farming, you know, in an early 1940s. Mm -hmm. Okay, it was published in 1945. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> 1984 was uh, published in 1949. Mm -hmm. We're talking about 70 years ago. And they were so accurate in describing the communist China, communist Soviet Union, and then, you know, and the America today. Um, it's the same type of thing because, the, you know, the gene is the same. You know, it shows itself. It just feels the same, looks the same in every, every way, you know. You can recognize it if you have a sharp eyes. And this is what George Orwell back then recognized. So what he shared is indeed his truth. Now it's, it's, a, it's about American people, okay? The American people also you know, have this, uh, sharpen their eyes and recognize those things as they appear. Right, okay, and, um, all right, so I think it's bad news, but again, as I said this before repeatedly, it's, it's a test of human's mind, okay? So we shall... Uh, yeah, also the, the moral, right? Yeah. Moral and the faith. Right. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to, we should uh, also check on the safe chat. Mm -hmm. Alan, yes. for those Alan, of you who yeah, are there. Pearson said uh, the GOP governor candidate in Michigan trying to be taken out, yeah, tried to be taken out for, right. as he was seen, mm -hmm. yeah, outside of the Congress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, there's a, you know, theatric things going on there. But I think it's reportedly he said that his candidacy, you know, his campaign is mm -hmm. still going on mm -hmm. as normal. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know if we have audience from Michigan, you know, anything that you, how are the voters reacting to this, you know, situation right now? If you, you know, can let us know, mm -hmm. please leave your comments there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you for staying with us tonight. Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, again, this is a test of man's mind. This is what it is right now. Let's just, uh, again, let's just stay strong, stay vigilant, and stay optimistic, and stay hopeful. And stay I think you think about San Francisco, right? What happened, the recall, the two recalls, you know, it was successful. Although we probably, you know, won't be like too optimistic, you know, to read too much from it, but at least it means when people really had enough yeah. of those far, far left agenda mm -hmm. play out, how it play out in their real life, people feel it. When they, people feel it and the, when they speak out, 
things will change, mm -hmm. right? Although, you know, the situation in San Francisco probably won't, mm -hmm. you know, have a dramatic change just after these two recalls, but mm -hmm. that's a good start. Mm -hmm. So just, uh, I think this would be, you know, hopefully you can take away from that with uh, some hope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you for staying with us tonight. We should have a great, uh, you know, rest of the night and a great weekend. All right. Take and, care. Uh, yeah. Take care. Good night. I'll see you next Monday. Bye. Take care, folks.